I don't know what the guy expected or whatever, but, uh, you know, when you move the body and it's been out in the woods and... Things happen. Things happen, and when we rolled him over, it looked like the earth was moving because <laughs> of the maggots everywhere. <laughs> and I looked up just in time to see the first and only time I've seen somebody do an exorcist projectile vomit and hit, <laughs> hit a tree from like four or five feet away. <laughs> and uh, his his FTO looks at me and he goes, you know, it's always going to be a good day when you can get your rookie to puke. <laughs> I don't know what love tastes like. Hailing from the caves of Northern California, you're listening to The Real WTH Show. I taste freedom in my mouth. Fresh cut grass, dirt, and love. You cannot beat the quality, consistency, and the price. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of The Real WTH Show. This is Wilson, and as you can tell, Tommy is not here because Tommy is moving today. Uh, don't have Handy here either. You guys heard him last week. I think I think we're going to have him back on again, though, because that was a fun episode. Uh, but I do have somebody else here, and uh, he's been on before, and he's my dad, Mr. Wilson. Hey, everybody. Doing? Good. It's been a while. Handy got paroled? He did, finally. Wow. I know. That's where he's been this whole time for like a year. Um, yeah, I got my dad on again. Uh, figured it's Halloween time, and he ran some funeral homes back in the day. So why not have the funeral home guy on for a Halloween episode? <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we're going we're gonna to start off with our, our world-famous segment, and I think you're going to help me out on this one, right? I'll give it a try. Okay. It's our Beers and Cheers. That actually worked better than I thought it would work. It was pretty synchronized. I know. Maybe I have to have you come on just to do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so today, I actually drug my dad around, had him help me out at the old house, do some lights. Because I had to add some lights in uh, before we sell it and everything, and then we went and did a like mini session of brewery hopping, which I don't think you've ever done before, right? I have never been around to any of the breweries you go to. Yeah, or any breweries in general. Nope. I mean, nope. The, the the closest thing you've done was a couple weeks ago, right? Where was that? Oh in yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, talk yeah. about that a little bit. How was that? That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Went to. Uh, Oh, a brewery and or not a brewery distillery in uh, Johnson Johnson. What I can't remember. I don't know. Start with a J. Yeah, it's like Jonesboro John Johnson. Just uh, yeah, outside of Johnson City, and uh, the guy uh, had just opened the brewery. Oh, like within the year, younger. Well, not younger guy to me. He's probably about your age. 
And uh, just, I consider myself young still. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Except for when I wake up in the morning and my back hurts. Yeah, then you're old. Yeah. You know, yeah. Wait till you get my age. <laughs> um, but nice guy. Well, you know, we had told him we were in from California. We were poking around East Tennessee to look at property. And he said, and we don't like your kind here. No, he was just, just as nice as could be, telling us all about the town, how great it is, their new school, $35 million school they're going to build this year, and going over all this stuff. And uh, uh, my son-in-law says, man, you ought to be a spokesman for the town. You know, he said, you're, you're a pretty good uh, advertisement for the town. And he says, I ought to be. I'm the mayor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know it's a good town when your mayor runs the distillery. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, you got a, I went to Tennessee and all you got was that dumb T-shirt, huh? Yeah, I like it, though. No. <laughs> so nice people, though. And, and didn't, went didn't to another say, one yeah, in Nashville. you went to another one. And my son-in-law thought he had died and gone to whiskey heaven. <laughs> Um, I mean, literally, uh, two, three hundred different kinds of whiskey on the wall that you could walk through, and then you could walk up to the counter, and they would allow you to taste test three. And so he for free, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, I think he actually taste tested four, so because we were the only ones in there at the time, and um, he wound up. Buying, I think, three bottles, maybe four, and took one them to was his, good. And I tried one; it was a coffee, coffee, whiskey. Yeah, and he said it tasted more like candy. Yeah, it was pretty good. And it was then, dangerous. Uh, he got a lemonade whiskey, and I can't remember what the other one was. But his friends uh, down out of Chattanooga um, enjoy a drink now and then. And so when we got there to stay for a couple of days, he gave them the whiskey as a gift. So. Didn't bring any of that back. I think he just brought the the, the one coffee. bottle. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he found some soda he really liked there too. I can't remember. It was Miss, Mellow Yellow. No, Mister Something. Um, Mister Frosty. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it was partially, uh, you know, like a soda type drink, and then it was infused with a bunch of vitamins and stuff like that. So it was more like a nutritional thing. And uh, that's weird. Well, he bought, uh, I think, two six packs or something to bring back. And we had put it in my luggage and, and it exploded. No, no. When we got to. Oh, they the tested counter, it for a bomb. No, we were. My bag was uh, five, six pounds over and your mom's was five pounds over. So we had to dig some stuff out because. It's seventy five bucks a bag. We would have had to Whoa. pay a hundred and fifty bucks for two six packs of soda. So that stuff went, <laughs> and I forget what else. Some garbage we could get rid of went, and we both got under the fifty pound limit. But uh, you know, he lost his soda. So I said, "Well, go online. You'll probably find it on yeah, Amazon." Yeah, you can order soda. Yeah, yeah. So good trip though. Yeah. Good trip. Love Tennessee and we will be All Eastern, we will though? be back there. Um east of Nashville, Chattanooga. Oh. We didn't go to the west side because Did you go to Dollywood? Uh no, but we were in Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg. We spent two days there and stayed at the uh the inn at 
the inn at the Christmas store or something like that. And uh, I remember the Christmas store. It yeah. Well, this is across the street. I mean, you can walk across at the light, and the entire hotel is set up all the time as Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, Christmas, huge Christmas trees everywhere. Uh, an entire scene set up from. The Christmas story. I mean, they had. Oh yeah, is that the picture the, you yeah, see me? The yeah, the lamp and and the Ralphie and his his uh, pink suit and uh, all of that and the fragile box. <laughs> um, but everything. The rooms were all decorated for Christmas. Uh, we went to sleep that night. Uh, your sister and I insisted on leaving. There was a channel. Well, there are a few channels, but there was one channel on the TV that. Did the fireplace scene. The Yule log. Yeah, that you could hear just quietly crackling in the background, but it was all Christmas music. Oh. So we went to sleep with Christmas music played down low, and then there was a uh, Christmas tree on top of where the TV, the entertainment center thing, the TV was in, and we left that on all night. So drove your mom crazy. By the middle of the night, she rolled over and turned the shut volume down. No, she didn't shut it off. We had the, the fire going all night, and the light on the tree was on, but she turned the, the music down. No. But uh, uh, swimming pool, indoor, outdoor swimming pools with a water slide and a kiddie pool. And uh, um, at, at 8 o'clock at night, you go down and you get whatever you want, coffee, tea, but they have a, a candy cane Christmas mocha they make for you. Oh. And they hand you a small bag that has four homemade cookies in it. And the uh, singing Santa is there. And uh, We it, saw that today at Home Depot. The, the only, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the only uh, hotel... The entire time we stayed in Tennessee, that was the only one where we actually got, we went down and the huge room and, you know, one station was made to order omelets. And the next section was, you know, scrambled eggs and ham. It's like and Red Hawk. Bake. Oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> um, there was another section where you could get uh, bagels, muffins, toast, um, uh <sighs> Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, I mean, man. oh yeah, it was just wild. It was a great food. Um, all of the other hotels we were at, and I'm not kidding you. When you travel right now, it's it was as bad as one place you went down. You had to set up a time to be down there, and ours was seven in the morning. We went there, and they handed us four brown bags, and all you had in it was like a banana. A yogurt. Uh, sack sack oh. breakfast. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, most of them were. One place handed us little styrofoam containers that had dried out scrambled eggs and turkey sausage, which is an abomination. That's and not ought to sausage. be illegal. Yeah. Um, Turkey's for Thanksgiving, not yeah, sausage. And turkey is for smoking yeah. after you shoot them. By the way, we had 12 turkeys in our front yard yesterday. So... I have a, a four by four buck on my property that may or may not be going down this season. Why wouldn't he be going down? I just got to make sure my sights are good on my bow. 
That's all. That doesn't That's happening take long. tomorrow. That doesn't take long to sight in. Yeah. And then I got to so. go online and get my, my stuff. But anyway, uh, traveling wasn't bad. It was actually really nice to travel in a plane that you had all the seat you could lift the armrests up on and... Uh, you know, you had to leave your mask on, but there's ways to get around it. Just bring food on the plane with you and set it on the tray and act like you're eating. Act like you're eating and they won't tell you to put your mask on. So it was uh, it was a good trip. It really was. Yeah, it's getting bad because we just watched a video before we started recording and uh, there, it was a funeral. And it, I think I counted 11 people in this huge room and they had every single chair spaced at least six feet apart, like one single chair every six feet. And, um, it was, uh, a mom and then her sons were there and I'm pretty sure it was the, the mom's husband. So the dad of the family that had died. And you could see in the video that the mom was getting emotional. So two of the sons moved their chairs right next to the mom and we're like putting their arm around her and everything. And an official from the, uh, wherever they were having the funeral came up and yelled at them and told them they had to separate and do social distancing, uh, during a funeral, which is ridiculous. Like yeah. the, their family, that's family. Like yeah. you're going to be around that person anyways. Was that at Newsom's funeral home? Um, probably <laughs> attached to his vineyard. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting crazy out there, yeah. but hopefully in Tennessee it's not as bad as it is here. Not near as bad. Yeah. A lot of places they could they care less care. if you wore the mask. Yeah. Yeah, most places didn't care. There's some good places around here that don't care. And then El Dorado County's opening up too. Yeah. For the most part, so. Yeah. Um, you know, since we haven't had a case yeah. or have, have had drops in cases or whatever since like six months ago. So. Yeah. Well, and if you've ever... Uh, been in Tennessee or or listened to uh, Tim Hawkins at all. He sings a song about uh, Cracker Barrel making biscuits and gravy so good they make you want to slap your mama. Yeah. And uh, first morning we got up after we had flown in and just basically crashed in Nashville and got up to leave that morning drove by a Cracker Barrel, and there was a fire truck and an ambulance outside with their lights going. And your mom looked over at me and says, somebody must have slapped their mom on that. All right. So, segueing from what started as a distillery tour, uh, let's get back to our beers and cheers. Today, you just grabbed something out of the fridge that I've never seen before. I think, actually, Tommy left this when he was here last time. I don't even know who it's made by. Maybe this is one of his uh, his Walmart specials. Could be. It says Clear American. I've never heard of it. No, me neither. But it's uh, strawberry flavored sparkling water. Um, what what do you think of that? Uh, it's it's not bad. It's Oof. it's kind of typical uh, carbonated uh, light strawberry flavored water. Um, it's. If you're thirsty, I think it's pretty good, and you want something more than just a sugary drink or just water. I've found since I've started drinking these sparkling waters, anything like a soda. Today we got a soda from Chick Fil A when we were there, mm-hmm. and I like I, that was more than I can handle with the sweetness. I can't drink that much soda anymore because I'm so used to the sparkling waters that aren't sweet. 
Yeah. And initially when I started drinking them, I couldn't really taste too much flavor. But now that I've drank them more, I can taste more of the flavor. I guess my taste buds were damaged or something from drinking so much. Yeah, your brother your brother in law drinks a lot of the I can't remember what Le Cra. Yeah. 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 So but um yeah, it's not bad. It's uh I can it smell it. Puts a little flavor to the water and it's better yeah, than drinking I hate, just flat water. I hate water. So anything <laughs> that's flavored yep. can make it better is is good. So. Uh so so thanks, Tommy. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Appreciate that. So um, checks in the mail. Today, uh I took my dad with me and Morticia, she went too. Um we had to run some errands and then I said, Hey, there I heard there's a new brewery which is actually down close to Thin Line. Um, they're actually the ones that told me about it last week. When we went to Trivia, we did go. There were a lot of people there. Uh, it was me and Tommy, Morticia, Tommy's wife, his daughter. Uh, we had a few friends show up. And then actually one of my coworkers actually showed up out of the blue. That Sam. Was, Sam went. Oh, Sam went too, and my brother. Oh, that's um, right. And then... Uh, but yeah, it was weird. One of my coworkers showed up because they were neighbors of one of Tommy's friends who he invited to come. And they said, oh. okay, I'm going to invite my neighbor too. And they actually work with me, kind of, in a, in a way. Um, but yeah, we actually got... So Tommy's team cheated and got first place. Just going <laughs> to say that. Uh, he got first and then the team that I was on, because we had to split up, you could only have four per team. And we had too many people. Um, he cheated because he had like six people on his team, technically. That's why I'm saying he cheated. And they were probably using their phones. Probably. Probably. You would assume that from Tommy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, our team, we actually got third. We tied for third with another team. So we did pretty good. We 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 won some gift cards and stuff. So if you guys went there, thanks for coming out and saying bye to Tommy. Uh, it, was, it was a fun night. I was up way too late, and I had to work in the morning. <laughs> Um, so I got like three hours of sleep, but it was fun. And, uh, yeah, if you can come out anytime next Friday or any Fridays after that, they're doing uh, trivia every Friday and it's a lot of fun. And you win prizes. You get like, I think our team got four $2 beer tickets so you can get free beer. And then if you are the worst team as well, you also get a prize, not one to be proud of. Uh-oh. But it's a tasty one. Yeah, you'll have to come and find out what it is. Now, do you get to know what the topics are ahead of time? Yeah, they posted it on Instagram. So follow their Instagram if you want to know what the topics are. They'll put it up there, and they'll also say what type of food. When we were there, um, they were serving Philly cheesesteaks and French dips, the little sliders, and it was pretty good. You, it was, I think it was like 7 bucks for a whole meal, and then you could pay $3 more and get an extra slider. Hmm. And it was it was good. Um, well, considering I paid five bucks for a hot dog today, at it was that a quarter place, pounder. It was a big and and, what, and it was a good. It wasn't was, Nathan's. It was, it was a, a Hebrew National, Hebrew National, which yeah. is almost as good as Nathan's. That was good. But I mean, I'll if you can that. get a Nathan's at Sam's Club for a dollar fifty with a soda, they're yeah. kind of marking it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still kind of kills you to pay five bucks for a wiener. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but so we went to a brewery. This new one it is actually called Movement Brewing Company. Um, I think they just opened within the last month, maybe three weeks ago is, at the most. Is that because they mix X-Lax and those things or for the movement? They So their thing on their website, 
it, it could be that in conjunction with this. Their thing on their website says uh, they started with home brewing, which a lot of a lot of breweries do now. Home brewers say, hey, this is good. Let's try and make a business out of this, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Hopefully it works for them. Um, but he said, let's change the or let's start a beer movement or something, or let's start a movement, something about that. It's on their website. You can look it up at uh, movementbrewingco.com. Um, and they said, hey, that's a good name for a brewery, and it stuck. So um, they're actually in Rancho Cordova, maybe a block and a half, two blocks away from where uh, Thin Line is. There's a lot of breweries going in there now. you got Thin Line, Claim Steak, Burning Barrel, Log Off, Movement. There might be one other one, but they're all within like a half mile radius. Um, so if you ever want to go brewery hopping, Rancho Cordova is good. And this one is actually next door to an axe throwing place. The axe throwing place that Tommy spoke about before on the podcast. Um, it's always good to go from the brewery into throwing axes. I, I would go axe throwing then brewery. That's just my opinion. You should probably do that. Not, not brewery then axe throwing. I don't know if they test you at the door or whatever. <laughs> probably going to have to now. But this, this beer is called Angry Eagle, and this is their West Coast Double IPA. It says 8.3% alcohol by volume. I don't see an IBU on this anywhere. Um, but it's a West Coast, so it's a little bit more fruity, which isn't bad. Uh, I, I, I like the, the fruit flavor in it. It doesn't show what hops are in it or anything like that. It, but the, the label's pretty cool. you got to admit, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, but it's got it's got an eagle, a bald eagle on it. it says American Eagle. Um, it looks cool. It's I like it that it's fruity in this yeah. state. <laughs> but it's an American Eagle. Yeah. But so he's he a wants fr- to, he's a he fruity wants to eagle. fly away. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let, I'm gonna give this one more taste before I talk about it. Yeah, it's it's a typical West Coast IPA. I can't really tell. It's a double. Kind of tastes just like a regular. Um, but it is 8.3%, so um, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Because you can't really taste the the, the high alcohol content in it. Um, but I don't know. I like it. It's it's a good beer. I'd definitely get it again. I, I bought one other one from them as well, which is just their, their regular West Coast IPA. I think that one's called Beer of Kings, I think. But I'll probably be trying that not, next not week. Not to be confused with the King of Beers. No, no, not Budweiser. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe that's why they called it that. I was trying to figure out why they call it Beer of Kings. Now that's, that's why. probably why. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. You want to? You want to try a sip of it? They uh, probably don't have a a team of Clydesdales to go with it. No, definitely not. This one, this one's a little bit different from that one that you tasted. Get a little down the wrong way. Uh oh. <laughs> This, this one's a little different from the one you tasted at Thin Line because we went to Thin Line after we went here. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not you can taste the fruitiness of it, yeah, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's that's not too bad. Yeah, it's that's the West Coast taste to it. Yeah. I I tend to steer more towards the. Uh, oh, I actually put this on here. I got my soundboard working more towards the. It smells like fresh cut grass, <laughs> dirt, and love. Tommy's still here, even though he's not here. Uh, I I steer more towards that type of IPA because I like the flavor you can actually like smell some of them they smell like grass dirt and love yeah. and i i like those but this one um uh, for the category it's in i would definitely give it like a 4.75 out of five it's wow. good beer 
Yeah. And I know you, you probably haven't tried too many. No. Um, you tried that one today. That was a, was that a West Coast? Yes, it was. That was a West Coast as yeah, well. That wasn't bad. Tried. Yeah. The one you gave me. That now, one, that now was I had more... a taste of the one you were drinking. and. No, no, no. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I wasn't. That one was a little too much for me. That was that was earthy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that one. And it says up there that uh, I, he tried the, the Flame Killer from uh, Thin Line. That's their West Coast IPA. And it's, it's pretty danky. I think that one has an IBU of like 70. So it's pretty high on the bitterness. But... I found out from Scott that IBU, it could, it it can't. I forget how he explained it, but it's it's hard to to put a a scale or base your your thoughts on on just that because um, different types of beer could have like a twenty IBU, but it could taste really bitter, and then like you'd have a, a IPA that's a sixty IBU and it doesn't taste that bitter. It's all in how it's made. So what was the the taster he gave me? That was their Bass Ackwards. That wasn't bad. That was a Pilsner yeah. that you tried. It was a light, kind of a light beer. I think that one was like 5% alcohol. More kind of what I would have grown up with yeah. back in the day yeah. when you didn't have all the specialty beers. And yeah. So when, when Michelob was living high on the hog. Yeah. So. So that's our beers. And, and our strawberry sparkling water. And uh, now our cheers. Cheers today. One of them you brought up. I didn't even realize this because I don't really watch the news anymore or listen to anything. Um, but uh, Eddie Van Halen passed away today. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. October so. 6th. Lung cancer. Lung cancer. Yep. Still, um, still a young guy. He was only... Uh, 65. Yeah, six years older than me. Wow! So yeah, it makes me feel old. Incredible guitar player. I'm not a I'm not a heavy metal guy, but I will give him that. He could play a guitar. Yeah, you said something about he played guitar for Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson's songs. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm. I think it was "Beat It," um, where he did the solo in the middle of it, and Michael Jackson said that he actually made the song better. Because of his playing, yeah. So, plus he was hey he was married to Valerie Bertinelli. That can't be all that bad. I have no idea who that is. Oh, she's a uh, child star from back when I was a kid. So, uh, like Annette Funny Jello. Yeah, n- not quite that old, but uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the sitcom that they were on, but. She has. Uh, Tommy's she does, mom will probably tell us. Oh yeah, she uh, <laughs> she does. Uh, she has a cooking show on the Food Channel now on Sunday mornings, I think it is, and then uh, she also was a spokesman for um, one of the weight loss. I don't know if it was oh. Nutrisystem or Jenny Craig or something like that. Weight but, Watchers. But uh, um, even today, at my age, she's a, a very she she's a pretty gal. She's a very pretty woman, and always has been, even as a girl. And uh, they wound up getting a divorce, and but their son's name is Wolfgang. So and she and she's had him on the of. yeah she's had him on a, her cooking show, and um, she calls him Wolfie. So I can just imagine growing up being called Wolfie. 
all your life. But then I don't think he would have gotten made fun of because people would have known hey, he was yeah, my the dad's son. Eddie Van Halen yeah, and he, my it, mom's Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah, and exactly. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. so that's that's one of our cheers today. Yeah. The other one, I don't want to get too much into it because probably get a little bit emotional just because uh, he's one of my best friends. But for Tommy, he's yeah. moving today. Um, it, it, I've known him since, I don't know, since I started at Loomis, which yep. was like 11, 12 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we become good friends. We started the podcast together. We we tried to do something else in here with the, the studio with drums and stuff. That didn't work out. We ended up uh, starting the podcast. Um, you've known Tommy for a while. Mm-hmm. He helped you. No, helped us it? move in. Helped, helped you move in. Yeah. Uh, probably twice because yeah because <laughs> move you out move, move out, in move yeah. back um yeah but uh cheers to him um moved to west by god virginia yeah good good luck to you but you um, know good place for him to move he'll be back in one of them hollers in the appalachian <laughs> mountains with that beard and and bib overalls on no, nobody will care that he's bald because everyone else everybody is else is bald and he's still got all his teeth yeah, yeah, he, he's gonna be an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have him a shack on twenty acres, and so shooting deer and turkeys off his front yard. Yeah, so hopefully he'll be back and we'll be able to do a, a live episode when he when he's here and visiting. Um, but uh, good luck to him and everything that's gonna happen from now on. Um, I, like I told him, I wouldn't be disappointed if everything fell through and he had to stay here. But, you know, good for him for getting out of California. Yeah, lucky man. Yeah. So, to uh, Eddie Van Halen and Tommy. To Tommy. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So, today's episode, it probably won't be that long. I don't even know how far we are into this. Oh, we're like a half an hour already. Are we really? Yeah. You go. Time flies by. Yeah. Um. So, today's episode, like I said, brought my dad on. He's got some stories about when he was uh, back managing funeral homes and stuff like that, working in the funeral home industry. And I thought it'd be good for for an October episode, you know, get the mood going. I know Halloween's not your favorite holiday. No. Not at all. No. no. Um, But you kind of worked in a a Halloween-esque profession. I did. And, you know, not all... Funeral directors are are uh, lurch looking <laughs> yeah. Adams family type people. They're they're just like anybody else for the most part. They just do a job that a lot of people don't want to do. And yeah. um, if they do it well, you help families uh, get through something. And if you don't do it well, you you won't be there for long because your reputation will kill you. So, but I went into that after I retired from the sheriff's office, uh, had a good friend that, uh, we were sitting around drinking coffee one morning, uh, in his funeral home. He owned a funeral, one of the two funeral homes in our County. And, uh, he just looked at me and off the cuff said, why don't you go back to college and do this? Uh, you know, he said, I've seen you at death calls. It doesn't bother you. It's not something that, that get you freaked out he said i think you'd do well at it so one thing led to another and i i think it was within three weeks or something i started the next class at uh san francisco college of mortuary science and 
went back to school and got my degree. And uh, uh, after I graduated, we moved up to Oregon. So that's, and you were just a young squirt then. Yeah. So probably what, four? Five, uh, we moved in 91. Is that right? Uh, 92? Yeah, 91, I think. Yeah, it would have been four. Four, yeah, yeah, four or five years old. So I do, I do, I think one of my first memories, though, is peeing on your cop car. Yeah, that wasn't a good thing. It's, <laughs> it's a good thing for you. I didn't know about it at the time. So, and I'm sure your brother egged you on to do that. Yeah, so, well, he did it right stallion. next to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but anyway, we, uh, I, I got into that, and within, I don't know, Two, three years, I was managing a funeral home up in Oregon. And uh, when we were having the house built, we lived in an apartment above the mortuary, which you probably remember. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, had, you know, interesting times there. Uh, your brother... That, I remember we got a Nintendo while we were up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys wouldn't be freaked out all the time but <laughs> you're uh it's interesting that your brother was the skittish one um about being around where dead bodies were and uh and now he's a paramedic and deals with you know people out on the streets that are broken into pieces and uh, yeah and uh, he says yeah but they're still alive i said yeah but mine don't talk back to you you know so <laughs> It's easier to deal for me. It's easier to deal with the ones that aren't hurting anymore. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, we had fun doing that, and um, you kind of morphed into uh, it. Didn't bother you at all. No. And um, you would be down there while I was working, and um, eventually you wound up uh, helping me. On I hired you, and you were working as a what 15 year old kid or 14 i was 14 yeah yeah and you would go out on removals to pick up bodies yeah and, removal uh, is a is a term in the business for yeah. going to pick up a dead body yeah and um i can remember after we moved down to flagstaff going on some pretty bad calls with you where I have a few that stick out in my mind. Yeah, the one on the highway outside of uh, Winslow. Yes. Yeah, the three people we had to pick up that were. Um, yeah. They were burned, if I remember, or I can't remember. It was a traffic accident. That was the ejection. I do remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, that. And you know, you didn't flinch at all. We just took care of business. And, yeah. And you know, the, the only thing I think it, that one. The wife was still there, and she was alive. She 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 survived. Yeah, and I think she that that one was just a little bit weird because I felt like this was her husband, you know, an hour ago. Someone's watching you while yeah. you're doing this yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, just makes you hyper sensitive to what you're doing and making yeah. sure that you don't make it any worse by yeah. traumatizing them. But uh, um, I remember a call at an apartment complex. That you and I went to. Um, that was that was one of the ones that stick out to me. Yep, yeah. that one. Um, girl had been uh, dead for a while, and the only way that 
somebody knew something was wrong was she was in an upstairs apartment and oh just just so people know if you you get like a queasy stomach you you might want to like tune us out for a little bit that just just so you know this is going to be kind of a like i said it's a halloween episode ish yeah. so there might be some some graphic stuff not too graphic not too I mean, graphic um anyway the way they somebody wound up calling the police was uh liquid started dripping through his ceiling and down below and the pizza guy yeah and the pizza guy the pizza guy when he yeah. delivered pizza said hey it kind of smells smells at that place so yeah. um he wasn't delivering to her apartment just walking by the door yeah and so anyway you and i went and upstairs apartment and we get there and the sheriff the, or the, the police deputy. department. Yeah. Was oh, it there. was police? Yeah. Because oh, it, it was in the deputy. city. And uh, if I remember right, he was wearing a respirator. No, 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 no. no. He, he came out and met us and he said, hey, this, this one's pretty bad. Yeah. And you said, okay. And was, that was when you turned to me and we opened up the thing and you gave me the, just like a, a mask, like people wear right now. Yeah, like stupid a pain, COVID. Well, not even that, just a painter's mask. Yeah, basically. yeah. It got the little the little metal thing over the nose. Yeah, and it's white. You yeah. know, kind of looks like a dome. Yeah, and I, it, somebody was at the fire department that was there in full respirators. And, and no, it, it was it was it was him. But oh, he okay. came up to us with nothing on at first. He said, oh, okay. "This one's pretty bad." And I said, "Okay." You handed me that mask and. You you always kept some Vicks. Yep. So I took some of the Vicks and rubbed it on, on the, the inside, inside of the mask just yep. so. And on your nose. Yep, and on your nose just because it it help, helps overpower smells. Yeah. So I did that, and then I the, remember. The old days of smoking a cigar don't work because if you don't smoke, you're going to get sicker than a dog smoking a cigar. Yeah. So. so, and then I think all you did was maybe wipe a little bit of Vicks on your on your lip yeah that might have been it i don't even know if you did that and then the the officer that was there that came out to us said this one's pretty bad he goes over to the trunk of his car and he opens it up and all of a sudden he pulls out a full-on gas mask with the two respirators sticking out of it and it looks like it's the end of the world type of thing and i said wow what's is it really this bad and uh we got up there yeah that was that was probably one of the worst smells i've ever smelled before in my life but, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. So we well, the we, longer you're around it, the more your body uh, acclimates to yeah, it. Yeah, you don't you don't smell it. Yeah. So, so. We, I I mean, we went in there and it smelled bad. But I mean, I had the Vicks on there. I mean, it it probably would have been worse if I didn't have the mask. Yeah. I mean, if I was like you, but I mean, you you've been around it too much. Yeah. And so I was like, man, the smells. And I look over it as. We're, we're looking at the body there and we're like, okay, let's put it in the bag. Body, and, and the officer is over there and he's like, you guys need some help. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, you all right? And, and uh, he's, he was almost throwing up in his respirator mask. That, you, you probably made him feel really good. If, <laughs> here's a 14-year-old, 15-year-old punk kid helping his dad. And, you know, and I'm about ready to blow my cookies. I, th- I think we ended up just telling him, hey, we're, we're good. We got it. And we did, we put it, yeah. the body in the bag and ended up taking it out. And yeah. I think he had to leave the room. But yeah. that, that was one of the most memorable yeah. ones that I went on was that one. Yeah. Um, 
one other one we went on down there that uh, I, I don't think you were on this one, but uh, it was funny in a way because uh, the guy had been out hunting and uh, he hadn't returned and and so somebody reported him missing and eventually the sheriff's department spotted his car parked alongside a road and um, so they started a search and they found him it was, he was only matter of fact he was like 75 yards off the road from his car he almost made it back he almost made it back to his car um, the way he was found was some lady pulled off the interstate to let her Irish setter go out and relieve himself and, she and came, he came back with the bone? No, the, oh. the dog uh, wouldn't come back when she was calling it, so she walked over there to figure out what the heck he was circling around, and then she realized there was a dead body there. But um, what happened was the guy uh, had a forty-four Magnum, and he put it back in his holster and did a Barney Fife, and it went off. Um, it took out his femoral artery, just about took his leg, too, and... So he bled out before he could get back to his car. To 44 get... Magnum's the big one. Oh, yeah. That's the Dirty Harry, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he didn't make it back to his car where he had a cell phone so he could call for help. And uh, he had been there about a week. And it was warm. And um, it it was nasty. Um, <laughs> but we got out there. And, and uh, actually, I think it was just me. And... Uh, uh, laid out the body bag next to the body so that pretty much you can just roll the body over into the bag and you know it's it's a simple process um, and there's usually people around to help you um, yeah. the sheriff's office is there the medical examiner or whatever and uh, the deputy that was there I knew pretty well and uh, he had he was an FTO and he had a, a new rookie with him and <laughs> He kind of looked at me and smirked and said, uh, do you need a hand? And I said, sure. And so he told his rookie to give me a hand. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know what the guy expected or whatever, but, uh, you know, when you move the body and it's been out in the woods and... Things happen. Things happen. And when we rolled him over, it looked like the earth was moving because of the maggots everywhere. <laughs> And I looked up just in time to see the first and only time I've seen somebody do an exorcist projectile vomit and hit, <laughs> hit a tree from like four or five feet away. And uh, his, his FTO looks at me and he goes, you know, it's always going to be a good day when you can get your rookie to puke. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, just... Things like that happen. And just uh, we went and picked up a um, uh, another funeral director down there in Flagstaff. Uh, it was actually some kind of a murder scene, and body was still in the car. Car had been burned. Uh, I mean, down to bare metal. And oh, I remember this. Yeah, when uh, when we were getting ready to move the body out of the back of the car. Uh, I saw Richard, you know, get in on one side and I was getting in on the other. And and I have never seen anybody yell and run so fast in my life. I had no idea what he was doing. Well, come to find out that this body underneath where his legs were, there was still a milk carton 
basically full of gas sitting that hadn't burned. Wow. So I mean, weird things. I've seen I've seen cars burn and the bodies be burned beyond recognition and you could get in the woman's purse and her wallet was fine and you could get her driver's license and stuff out. So huh. it's weird things like that and somehow this gas didn't explode. So who carries a milk gallon full of gas I, in their car? I think it was part of of the murder Oh. trying to get the car going type thing and it just didn't that part of it didn't work but uh so anyway a lot of the removals and things like that you remember um and then there are are fun things that you know uh, people have a sense of humor even in that industry and you, at some point you have to have a sense of, you yeah. you have to deal with it some way yeah and i feel like a lot of people in that profession even like law enforcement, paramedics, yeah. stuff like that. You, you got to deal with it some way. You you have to you have to have empathy and not sympathy. Yeah. Because you cannot allow yourself to be sucked into someone else's grief, or you'll go home a basket case. Yeah. That's not your mom. It's not your your job is to help them get through it, not to get sucked into their grief. Um. So. Uh, there was uh, one instance where a friend of yours from school, they, they went oh, to yeah. a, a private Christian school up in Oregon, and uh, she had graduated, and I, I don't remember she if was, she was in college. She was going, she was starting it, I think. Starting college, and she had narrowed it down to uh, going into the funeral industry or I can't remember if it was psychology yeah, or something. Yeah, something so like that. She asked me if... She could watch an embalming and see. Well, if I know she which could, one she went for after this. <laughs> well, see if she could handle just watching that and dealing with a body and seeing how they're embalmed. And um, I actually um, talked to the family and got we got written permission from this family to allow somebody that wasn't an actual licensed funeral director to be in the room while we were embalming. Yeah, I remember that was a big deal. And. Um, so she she came by and uh, your mom was with me because I didn't want to be at a funeral home at night alone with a young girl or a young lady. And um, we Cause it, it's, it's not like you can. I don't, I don't remember how it was there. If you guys did you guys have like a walk in or storage areas? Well, we had we had a cooler, but but this person was already in the in the prep room in the embalming room and everything and we had a large embalming room and you, there you can't you, you got to do the embalming at some point you can't really just wait right yeah you don't want to wait too yeah. long the yeah. sooner so, it's done the better it works so it doesn't always happen at like business hours no yeah no no and uh so anyway um she was sitting on a bench out in front of the funeral home, and we saw her, but we we had circled around because, you know, I come in through the back, and she didn't know that we had arrived or anything. So um, she had no idea April was with me or anything. So uh, your mom and I devised this little gag, and uh, um, inside funeral homes there's there are things called dressing tables and embalming usually embalming tables unless they're older some of the older ones are like porcelain type thing 
Uh, most of the newer ones are stainless steel, and they raise and lower and all of that. And we had stainless steel tables. Um, it's not a dirty environment. It's a sterile environment. Everything's clean. And so your mom and I went back in there, and your mom got into the embalming room, and I had her lay down on one of the dressing tables, and... Um, we, I had her just lay there. I pulled a sheet up over her. So she was just laying there like a body under a sheet and everything. And I went out to the front and, and opened the door and, you know, say, hey, come on back in. And I said, now, when we got, as we were going back into the prep room, I said, you know, this, this body may be in pretty bad shape. It's been a while and, you know, it may, may be a little heavy for you and all that. And we got back into the, embalming room and I said so you may as well just you know get your first look at it and I whipped the sheet back and your mom sat up and screamed (laughs) and this girl backed up so fast she slammed into the cabinet screaming and uh, she ran out into the uh, uh, area outside of the prep room and she was she was laughing and crying at the same time and uh I mean, she took it right. We knew she would, but it scared the bejeebies out of her. And uh, and and then uh, later on, while I, she was actually in there and I was doing the embalming on this guy, um, embalming is just simply putting embalming fluid in the circulation system while... The blood goes out. While, while draining the blood. The embalming fluid pushes blood. And... Um, you know, you're pushing in through the carotid normally and you're draining out through a jugular vein. And um, I had everything set up and I started the machine to start pushing in and I wasn't getting much drainage, which usually means there's a clot somewhere. And, and you have these long forceps that are in the jugular that you're trying to help, you know, if anything's clogging and... Um, I was using those, and all of a sudden the, the the flow started, and I mean it was a gusher, and that poor girl just turned absolutely green, and she went out of the embalming room, and there was a bathroom outside, and, and we could hear her in there just throwing up, and so you know she took it all good, she, but she found out whether we had played a joke on her or not. Uh, it wasn't an industry that she wanted to be and she couldn't handle yeah um doing things and it, it, I, it, like you said i think her other thing was psychology or something like yeah. that so yeah. a lot of that industry is you know dealing with the stuff that people don't want to deal with but yeah. then it's also helping people which is the other side of what she wanted to do yeah so i think she would have been good at part of it yeah yeah, but uh, but not, she would not have been good at the hands-on yeah. stuff and, yeah. and uh, dealing with the families though and stuff like that. She, yeah. I think she would have done good. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, she laughed about it for years after that. I mean, she just uh, it was the type of person that we knew we could play a joke on. You yeah. wouldn't do that to everybody. No, but uh, it would it would have been a great Halloween gag to pull on somebody. Yeah, you know, if you could do that, but. Uh, um, I remember your brother didn't like eyeballs, you know, yeah. we, I used to have to remove eyeballs when we were in Oregon. I was an enucleator and, um, he just, he couldn't even stand, um, we had, uh, there were like 
small super balls. I don't know if you remember them that you you put back yeah, in the eye yeah, cavity yeah. after you remove the eye to make it look like there's still an eye under there, and you can do viewings and everything, and it looks normal. And uh, he couldn't even stand looking at those things, you know. So, yeah. uh, and now he's a paramedic, so go figure. Yeah, um, no, like it. I don't know if we talked about this before, but he was, he's been in the paper multiple times for different things that he's been involved with. But, um, there's one that I don't know if you remember him talking about this, but there's a, a guy that got ran over by his girlfriend. I think it was up in Pollock Pines or something like that, but he got ran over by his girlfriend. I think he was pinned in between something and then she took off. And my brother was the one who showed up there and, uh, he ended up having to do the whole, like, like you see in the movies, you got to stab him in the chest to let the air out or whatever, because it was a collapsed lung or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, I remember he, I don't know if he told it on the, on the show, but I remember him telling me a story where he looked at the guy and goes, this is going to hurt. I'm going to stab you in the chest. And the guy's like, no, you're not. And he stabbed him right away. And it ended my brother ended up saving the guy's life. So. Like he's he's been involved, and this guy had like shattered pelvis. Every almost every bone in his body was broken from this accident. And mm. it, yeah, like you said, it's weird to hear he was he he was the one that wasn't really that good around that type of thing. But now he's yeah. doing stuff like that. Yeah, I always tell people you got more to worry about the ones that are alive than the ones that are dead. Yeah, you know they're they can't hurt you anymore yeah. for the most part, and you know it. Uh, it was. It's a interesting industry. It's a industry that has historically been kind of handed down through families. You know, you see a lot of uh, family mortuaries that are father, son, you know, grandkids. Yeah. And they all get involved in the business. And and uh, I've worked in corporate funeral homes. I've worked in private funeral homes, and um, it all comes down to dealing with families and treating families right and um, just making them feel like you have their best interest at heart all the time. Um, being able to um, work with other funeral homes that are in your area that you would consider competition. Um, but I always went in with the thought of I'm going to help wherever I can. It doesn't matter if they're my competition or not. And, and it always worked out better. I had great relationships no matter where I worked with other funeral homes. We would share uh, employees. We would share vehicles. If, you know, several times in down in, uh, in Tennessee, I had double funerals, you know, a father, son was killed or father, daughter were killed in a uh, traffic accident once and um, it was no problem I could pick up the phone and, and call the one of the other funeral homes and say hey I need a hearse and no problem boom they'd give it to you I'd do it for them I'd help them on funerals they'd help me and you know they would always tell me especially in Tennessee they would always say you know nobody's ever treated us like this where you know you can be friends and still uh, run your business you know and and not try and cut each other's throats and and a lot of the older generations that is the way they did their business you didn't help anybody else that wasn't your own funeral home and 
it changed a lot as I was getting in the industry and it became more of what I would consider uh, professional from that aspect of um, helping people out and helping each other out, even though you might be competitors and, uh, um, you might remember, uh, one other case I'll mention, and I'm sure you'll remember this, um, down in Flagstaff, uh, the Flagstaff is basically smack in the middle almost of the Navajo Nation and uh, I think and I remember does their this, reservation. Does this involve a lot of firefighters? No. Oh. No. Um, Maybe I'll tell that one then. This, this involves um, a woman and her father uh, who uh, there had been a white buffalo born. Oh, yeah. I think it was in North Dakota or somewhere. And they brought the white buffalo down, and it was in a uh, field in a pen on the way to the Grand Canyon. And white buffaloes for the Navajo Nation bring are sacred. Are sacred. Yeah, they bring good luck. They're, uh, I mean, it was just a huge thing to have, uh, literally an albino buffalo. And this girl and her father pulled off the road to look at this white buffalo that brings you good luck and all of that. And they were not from Flagstaff or anything. And they pulled back out on the road and got hit by a semi and killed them both. So white buffalo did not bring good luck to them. No, not uh, that day. Come to find out that this girl who, uh, you know, first you, you notice people when you pick them up and she was young, she was absolutely beautiful um and come to find out i get this phone call and trying to figure out who she is and where she's from and i get a phone call from uh the ambassador to iceland and he asked me if i had this person uh who had been killed and i said yes i do and he said uh we need to get her back to iceland and I said, well, you know, well, I need to get in touch with the family. And, and she, he said, well, her mother lives here. Uh, she was visiting her father who lived in Los Angeles. And, um, and I said, well, I, you know, I need to take care of getting some things signed by the mom. And, and you know, we have procedures to ship out Permits of the country. And stuff. Oh, and yeah. And they had to a be certain in. certain box. And- yeah. Casket had to be in actually had to be in a sealed uh, flotation box, right? uh, I think it was lead container that was completely sealed. And then that had to go into a crate. And um, basically they, they wanted, they say it's because if the plane goes down in the ocean, you know, that that box would float. And well, you've seen what happens when a plane plane goes goes down, down. nothing (laughs) stays together. I don't care how well, welded the boxes it's not gonna float anymore but uh i i just told him he said well how how can we get her here tomorrow and i said not a chance and he said why not and i said well it's your country's rules that you set up and i told him i said this is what i've got to do i've got to send somebody to the consulate 
to get paperwork signed and all of this. And, and we were used to shipping people out of country being in Flagstaff because yeah, you get a lot Grand of tourists. Canyon. Yeah. And uh, he said, he said, uh, you don't understand. We have to get her home. And I said, I guess I don't understand. And he said, she is Miss Iceland. She is, to us, she is what your first lady would be in the United States. He said, that's how uh, bad this tragedy is. We're mourning. Our flags are at half staff, you know. And he said, give me a minute and I'll, I'll call you back. And I get this call back. And it, literally, this is the ambassador uh, in Washington, D.C. And he said, however you ship within the United States, just within a you know regular container that the casket goes in to just protect it. He said, that's how you're shipping her home. We're bypassing everything. I will give you my phone number. I faxed everything to him. It was all signed. I mean... And so I actually got to embalm and take care of Miss Iceland, you know, who would have been in, well, she had already been in the Miss Universe contest. And, and uh, so that was, that was interesting to me to, you know, some of the famous people you deal with. I worked with a guy that, that actually embalmed John Wayne. Wow. Um, and, you know, it, it, you meet a lot of different people. I, I got to meet... Uh, Suzanne Summers. Her son was uh, killed on a skateboard, um, and was that was when I was going through college and was brought to our funeral home in Oakland, and I actually got to meet her. So there's a lot and of you lot also of got to meet friend of the show, friend jo- of the show. Which one? Joe Montana. Joe. Oh, Joe Montana. Yes, yes. That that was on an airplane that. Um, I actually got to sit next to him in first class because they had overbooked the plane and they gave me a seat in first class and sitting next to him. And uh, I've had my back fused three times. He's had his neck done. So we actually had something to talk about yeah, and not just a fan ideology thing. We actually, we talked about him on the last show. Yeah. And yeah, we talked about his name and we said, anybody's named something like Joe Montana, you know, they're going to be famous. Yeah, that's, well, that's just a famous name. He just had his uh, granddaughter, remember, snatched out of his house down in we, that's Bel-Air what we were talking about. Yep, yeah, that's what we were talking about with him. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, what? Was, uh, what was the one you were thinking of? That that was the one where we had to have like I think six firefighters come because there wasn't they didn't have a big enough cooler. Oh, 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 yeah. We had we had a very one of my funeral homes in Flagstaff had a huge walk in uh, walk in. And I, I think the door was either four or five feet wide. Yeah. And it was it was huge inside. I mean, you could fit a lot of people in there. And um, this guy that died, was, I can't remember. Seven, it was a, 750. Yeah. He was huge. There. He was absolutely huge. And they couldn't fit him in the coolers at the morch or at the. County morgue. Yeah. So they had to storm at my place because that's the only place you could get them inside of a cooler. And even with the big doors that we had, we kind of had to push in on the sides as he was going in. I think it was like three gurneys or something. He was huge. Yeah. He was a big boy. Yeah. And he was a Navajo too because we buried him out on the Navajo Nation. And they, they have a weird. I think I remember this. Is are they the ones that like bury him sitting up? 
No, that's the uh, Hopis. The Hopis. The, the Hopi reservation is right there. It actually is encircled by the Navajo Nation. There. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they put them in a chair, and when we embalm them, we actually have to um, put a uh, deal underneath their legs uh, while they're laying on the table. This thing is it's like almost... Uh, so they're like box. sitting in a chair laying down. Yeah, except it's just the box part under their legs so that, you know, they, their legs go up and then it bends at the knees and you, you embalm them in that position so that um, once you're done, they more or less set up in that position of, of stiffness and then you, they bring in a chair and we put them in a chair and that's how they're buried sitting up. Kind of so, weird. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, if if you got a lot of people, it saves some room. Yeah, uh, <laughs> going and straight I, up. And, and I'll down. tell you what, we never had. I I will give this to the Navajos and the Navajo Nation. Um, I never had a problem when we would do a funeral out on the reservation. Number one, you'd never wore suit. Um, you wore jeans, boots, and. I just had a, a shirt that had the mortuary name on it, a button-down shirt. Never wear a tie. You want to wear a hat because it's hot. Yeah. You're walking through, you know, four inches of sand, getting out to wherever these podunk cemeteries are. And their their philosophy of digging a grave was they brought out the beer and they started digging. And when the beer was gone, that's how deep it that's was. How deep it was. And, <laughs> You might get a nice grave. You might get one that was eight feet wide and ten feet deep. You know, <laughs> um, I've seen ones where they actually had to use dynamite because the, it was all rock, and, oh. and they had to blast to get down. But um, I never had to worry about being paid from a funeral out on the reservation. They would, and literally, you wouldn't take any money or anything until after the funeral and they laid out one of their Navajo blankets out on the sand and people would walk by and drop money into it, into the blanket. And, uh, um, and it was always on a blanket. If it was windy, they would put the money into like a bucket that had a slot so it wouldn't blow away. But then somebody counted it up. And if there wasn't enough, people walked back by and dropped more money down. And, uh, if there was too much, it went to the family. That's good. And never did I ever get stiffed for a penny on a funeral out on the reservation. Now, if somebody died in Flagstaff that wasn't uh, living on the reservation and didn't have ties, you would need to get your money up front because it just didn't work the same way. Huh. Um, it just seemed like the people on the reservation had a different code, different code, different morals. They, you know, it would have shamed them to not pay bills. And so it, I mean, it, it was a good, uh, it was a good career. It wasn't my ideal career because I wanted to be a cop and that I lost when I got injured. Um, but it was it was a, a good way to to raise a family, make enough money. Um, I get transferred a lot to run different funeral homes and get them running better. But I think that's the the marquee of uh, someone who's good in that business. You get you get shoved around a yeah. lot because if, if they you do good, and they see oh you did good with this place. This place isn't doing good. Let's send you there. Yeah, 
which is how we wound up here. You know, they wound up, the company I worked for wound up selling those mortuaries and, and then offering me three of them up here in the Sacramento area of Placerville. Okay, so like I said, uh, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter episode, maybe. Oh, it was like a little over an hour. You get talking. I know. And I get time, diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> um, so. But I mean, it, I feel like it was a good episode. If anybody were uh, having questions or thinking about maybe going into the field, I know if somebody sends us a question or something like that, I'll, I'll ask you. And I'm sure you, you'll always answer it. Oh, yeah. Um, anything. I mean, you, yeah. you've been, you've done a lot of stuff. You, the law enforcement thing, you worked yeah. at Loomis, same as me. Yeah. Um, I was a pastor. You were a pastor. Yeah. So any questions you got, yeah. you'll answer them. I'll um, steer you in the right direction. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out your niche. Yeah. I can arrest you, bury you or pray for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Covering all the bases. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, that's about all I got. Hopefully Tommy's proud of this episode that I had to run all by myself since, you know, he's leaving. Yeah, I hope he had a safe day of travel. And Yeah, I think he was going for Kingman today. That's not too far. Yeah. That, that's about an hour shy. He was going to try Flagstaff. Hour and a half shy of Flagstaff. Yeah, he was going to try Flagstaff, but then the moving company said they would be there between 11 and 2, and they were not there at 11, that's for sure. So, yeah. um Hopefully he got to Kingman safe. Yeah, Flagstaff's a good 12-hour haul, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of rough with a kid and family. Well, he'll be by himself. Oh, he doesn't have the family? They got two cars. Oh, <laughs> so they're both driving. Yeah, so I gave him some, some good <sighs> podcast to listen to. I guess. Yeah, so. that bets fear. I told him to listen to that one. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to Astonishing Legends, listen to that one, The Bets Sphere. I think it was... Uh, They've got like 200-some episodes, but I think it was around 135 was the episode number. And there's it's a four-parter. It's a good one. Other than that, that's about all I got. Do you remember what Tommy's sign-off was? Uh, no. no. I, I mean, I can I can vaguely remember. Uh, I know you do the I'll see you then or I'll see you another time uh, or something, but he's, I don't remember. He's a... Laters on the Minjay. Laters on a Minjay? On the Menjay. On the Menjay. And I say, I will talk to you then or I will talk to you another time. And you say, bye. Jobin. Jobin. Okay, bye.